clear. Uh. <laughs> This is What the Flock Radio's Birds of a Feather, and I'm reading from very, very small type, uh, best laid plans, something wrong with the format. You know we're always talking about the format. Well, here it is. If, see if I can read this. It says, this is What the Flock Radio's Birds of a Feather. We are an indie music-focused show rife with witty, fuck-laden, insanely interesting, and unhinged banter. Our thematic submissions will confuse, infuse, and delight you, while our fascinating fun features fluster, flummox, fulfill, and... Thrilled you. And I'm Professor P. Soup, international rock legend, amateur wildlife photographer, radiant savant, and even if the extended warranty on my brain had not expired, I still would not bring it back because this thing is working well enough for me. But, of course, uh, I don't really ask that much of it, uh, even when doing this show. And let's face it, they don't make them like that anymore now, do they? So um, I will defer to my co-host, Christina. Yeah, see, they don't make them that way anymore, and that's okay. That means you're a bona fide original. You're the OG. You're the real deal. That's right. That's what I'm saying. So, well, as you all know by now, I am the vocalist for the dark alt-rock band Ascent. That's A-S-N-T, and you can find us on asnt.rocks. And I like to do my little uh, potentially lame, but that's all I can come up with opening. Uh, All I can come up with opening, and it is... Another uh, session or another uh, who dat? Uh, I pretty much ace the who dat. So you uh, do, yeah. you really do. You make him so easy, though. He's a seismophobic. He was friends with Elvis. He wrote a song about his dog. He doesn't have a formal musical education. Some call him Percy. He read books and collected stamps before becoming a rocker. He recorded one of the band's albums confined to a wheelchair, and the band's uh, eighth album was recorded in Abba's studio. Upon hearing his own early work, he said, I really should have shut the fuck up. <laughs> Mr. Robert Percy Plant. That's correct. <laughs> I knew the nickname. For Damn, some reason, I almost cut that too. It, you started out, and I was thinking Carl Perkins, and then all of a sudden it was like, wait a minute, hold on a second. Wheelchair, yeah, the presence was recorded. He was mostly seated, uh, mangled ankle from an accident. And uh, lost a child and everything. Uh, incredible, uh, terrible tragedy and great record. <sighs> yes, very, very good. I very, very nice. And and if you knew how many paint chips I ate as a child, you would be amazed that I could remember that or figure that I out. I thought you told me at one point how many paint chips, it and was, it was really it was in the millions. It was incalculable. I mean, it was enough upsetting. to paint New York City, I think. Absolutely. Well... From that, we go to Finchworthy slang, and for this every show feature, we are challenged to use the selected word as much as possible throughout the show, whether it makes sense or not, and often it doesn't. Our mini-winging it to get our bird juices flowing, as we say, and this week's slang word is cred, a shortened form of street cred, meaning local credibility. The slang term cred originated in the 80s and was added to the dictionary in 1981. It's used to describe the ability to gain acceptance as a member of any particular group or class. So we will be using cred throughout today's show. Cred. Yeah. I, I swear, I actually was going to use the word cred in a song lyric. You were not. I, no, I was. I was going to say something about... Your street cred, you know, something, something, and your face will turn beet red. You know, I was going to write. Oh, gonna nice. Rhyme. You should do that. Well, but 
somebody else did it. Zach Sherwin, who used to record under the name MC Napkins, actually did that once. I was MC like, son of a bitch. Napkins? MC Napkins. I know. That's why he stopped using it. But he's a regular contributor to Epic Rap Battles of History. And uh, he, uh, he actually did that in one song. I was like, damn. See, I knew I was onto something there. But mm, um, Cred. Cred. All right. Cred. We will uh, see well, how much. You have OG cred. I, I, I do. When, when you're 60 years old, this when you were born in 61 and you're going to be 61 this year, you got automatic cred with the young, stupid people. So, uh, so. Wow. Young and stupid. That's uh, isn't a, what I said when I turned 60. Now I can really look down on, on young, stupid people. So. Wow. Uh, uh, do you count me as one of those young, stupid people? Uh, no, no, no. You're no. mature enough. I no, guess. mature so. enough. All right. Fair enough. Fair I enough. Got, uh, again, I mentioned this on another show, but uh, Christina is a real trooper here. I mean. This night, I forgot about the first part of her, her odyssey of horror. Uh, she endured the trauma of a grotesquely oversized grasshopper riding on her car all the way here. So fucking crazy. Hours on the road. Very disgusting. And, of course, uh, a debacle involving crazy glue and peanut butter. Don't <laughs> ask. Or listen to one of the earlier shows and we'll tell you all about it. So wrong. Emery boards. I mean, it was a real. Uh, it so was a real problem. It's been a one-two punch for her. She's just probably ready to to, to go out. Uh, yeah, so. and I look worse for the wear. This as is well. like so. This ro- is even worse. This is like the twelfth round in a Rocky movie here. So. Seriously, thank you for uh, thank but you for th- noticing. We'll put it all together through my usual uh, my usual slickster editing. I will <laughs> I will give my credit for I will give myself credit for being good at one thing, and that's editing. I'm pretty smooth when it comes to the editing, and. I mean, I can even walk out of a live show smoothly. Remember when I bolted <laughs> on the live show? It's like, bye. It's like, uh, where the hell are you going? And there I was. I was like, uh. And you see how uh, smooth it went? Yeah. I, I definitely saw that you are able uh, to be a very smooth escape artist. It was great, yeah. You left me fucking hanging. I worked it out, but uh, yeah, I didn't know when you'd be returning or if you'd be returning. <laughs> All right, well, it's all you talking about the theme recap. What the hell is this show about? Oh, my goodness. Okay. I know. Theme recap. Well, theme recap, he said, squinting at the tiny, teeny, tiny writing. You know what? You could break out your own. You could break out your own fucking printer. Oh, here it is, folks, and it was a good one. (laughs) I ought to know this one by heart because I've been going around for a couple of weeks now singing on the lock card. Oh, yeah. That's my bad. Okay. That's your now interesting you should mention that. I was thinking, okay, for those of you who don't know, on the lark kite is one of those clever bird puns that gets stuck in your head forever if you work on the show. Uh, based on the song On the Dark Side or the Dark Side, whatever the hell it's called, yep. from Eddie and the Cruisers. Yep. And I remember when it first came out because I'm old enough. The uh, they were just saying this is uh, Dark Side by Beaver Brown. And I thought that has to be the shittiest band name ever. Worst. Uh, and then it morphed into John Cafferty and the Beaver Brown Band, but it still sucks. Still sucks. Still terrible. Still sucks. And what is that, a shoe? Was that like a loafer or like something? Buster Brown? Brown? I mean, what's it up just with that? Sounds like it's ridiculous. But John Cafferty, indeed, and that great song. And um, anyway, now you too can spend the next two weeks going, I'm a lockhead. Now, if you don't know the song, go look it up. Uh, John Cafferty and the Beaver Brown Band. That's inspiring, isn't it? Eddie and the Cruisers theme, and check it out. And then you will go around singing on the Lark Kite for the next two weeks, as I did. Sorry about that. It's kind of like a hazing. Sorry about that. She does this shit to me all the time, though. So anyway, uh, yeah, that's the theme. And we shall see uh, what uh, what about the... Uh, uh, two birds, though, on the Lark Kite. So Lark and Kite, two birds. If I can get one bird in, I feel good. But this time... 
two birds. That's right. Uh, Lark and Kite are both birds. Uh, and any songs that we... And we're, we're looking to see if we could get songs about Darkness, Nightfall, The Absence of Light, Blackness. You get the general idea here, right? Okay, so, and we'll, uh, we'll see what emerges from that uh, hunt that Christina goes on every, uh, every other week for you guys, which I hope you appreciate. In addition to Grasshoppers and Crazy Glue, uh, I mean, I, I mutilated her with Crazy Glue. She I just to, am a giver. She had to sand off some of her flesh to get her finger back. That's you know? true. And it then was... I have to drive home for about an hour and a half. She does, yeah, she no. does. Yeah. So, I mean, there's love in every show, love in every show. You have no idea how much. And this one is a new feature called Not Twite Right. And you, among the sharpest tools in the shed are our audience, and uh, we would probably intuit from that that Twite is the bird. That's right, Not Twite Right. For this feature, we pretty much decimate albums we hate and detail why they aren't quite right. Was it a formerly great band with a bad album? That can happen. Or should this be the end of an already horrendous band? Is this the, the death rattle here? Let's find out. Well, I've never gotten hate mail before, but uh, I, uh -oh. think, I think this is going to get it flowing. Uh, please don't <laughs> take this in anything other than the spirit in which it is intended. But uh, once upon a time, a band had a huge international hit single, which was notably different than any of their previous releases. Half of this four-man group were enamored of that style anyway, so they all decided, that worked great, let's do a whole lot more of it, which is what they did on their follow-up album. The single in question was Another One Bites the Dust, the band Queen, and the subsequent album, The Red-Headed Stepchild of Their Oeuvre, uh, the dictation note says the redheaded stepchild of the roofer. Now, I don't know anything about the roofer's children. But they already had street cred. They already had street cred. Oh, the roofers? Yeah. Oh, oh, Queen had street cred. Both, probably. Yes. But Queen already had earned their cred. You know, they had lots of uh, street cred. They had stage cred. They had everything. Songwriting cred. So I think that they were set up, even if they were going to have a redheaded stepchild. They already, you know, at least people were going to go buy it because of the cred. They had big, deep, long, entrenched cred and... A lot of uh, a lot of emotional, uh, a lot of emotional goodwill, uh, cap emotional capital. Is what oh, emotional ooh, capital. Well played. Yes. There you go. Yes. That's the word I was looking for. But Easy. yeah, nice. the uh, the redheaded uh, stepchild of the Uvra, the infamous hot space. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Every band know, has one. Queen. Yeah, Queen is sort of a musical A team, but this is one plan that definitely did not come together. Um, I don't mean to be brutal, but uh, they're one of my all-time favorite bands. Absolutely, Everybody mine knows too. that. Yeah. And you've heard me rhapsodize, oh no, he didn't oh, just, no. Oh. <laughs> about them a number of I, times. Just as I just threw up in my mouth a little. <laughs> but you know, the good news is you have cred, so I'll let you get away with that. It's, it's the, the grasshopper. That's, that's, uh, that's correct. It's, it's in the car, I think. Waiting for oh, me. shit. <laughs> I will scream like a little bitch. <laughs> but you've heard me rhapsodize about them a number of times. But about this, though, I, I'm afraid I really got nothing. And I can usually see the considerable beauty in some of the scorned artistic offspring like Kiss's Dynasty of and Black Sabbath's can. Never Say Die. Oh, shit. But Hot Space is pretty much as, eh, as everybody says it is. Uh, now, you saw a reenactment of this uh, press conference for this album release in the movie Bohemian Rhapsody, if you watch that. Now, uh, I'm sorry, but this is a J legitimate James Bond tie. Uh, that The fact that the 
Academy Award-winning actor who played uh, Freddie Mercury also played the latest James Bond villain. That's a real tie right there, and no gnarled or twisted gnome-like creature would uh, deny that. So not saying that represents you or anything. You're could, about could, to be in big fucking could trouble. just as easily not be, you know. But... Uh, <laughs> You know what? Let's take this the fuck outside. Okay. I have a grasshopper for you. Sorry. <laughs> I hunted for this and thing I, when she got here, too. I also have some super glue that would like to have a chat with your fingers. Oh, can you imagine if you got super glue on the grasshopper and he never left your windshield? Yeah. Mm, that would be very interesting <laughs> and pricey. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully it's not around here. I you lost just, it somewhere on I the way. I would flatten it and emblazon him as part of my car. I mean, I'm going to scream like a little girl if that shit gets... You should see the pictures of this thing. It's terrifying. It's gigantic. Now, for those of you coming a little late to the Queen party who learned most of what they know from the movie, even you all realized that Queen had four distinct individual songwriters. Uh, they didn't do such a great job of establishing the lead vocals, but they all wrote songs, and that was quite clear. Whoops. It would become fairly standard to have a song or two from drummer Roger Taylor and one or two written by non-singing bassist John Deacon, who wrote the aforementioned Another One Bites the Dust. And three or four songs each from Freddie Mercury and the legend, the GOAT, guitarist Brian May. And some of my very favorite Queen songs are Brian May songs, including ones that he sang himself, especially like Someday One Day, 39 and Long Away. He doesn't sing anything here. In fact, pretty much nobody else does. I just wanted you to know what? that naming off those Brian, uh, Brian... Yeah, naming off those Brian May songs gave you a lot of cred. A lot of cred. You see, I get, I get cred for getting Brian May. That's Absolutely. correct. Absolutely. Absolutely. Just so you know, so anything you say, there's cred because you just added to it because you were able to name. You didn't just say, I like Brian May songs. You named specific songs, so that increased that cred. You know, when you're old like me and you talk a lot of shit, you do get cred. You, you do. do. It's yeah. totally true. It, it sounds so authoritative even though I'm wrong half the time. <laughs> Shit. Nobody questions it because it sounds like I really it, know. It really does. But Convincing. He doesn't sing here and nobody else does, and that's really uh, kind of a shame. It's too bad. Mr. May's first song on this album is a doozy, though. In keeping with the new leaning towards funk, disco, et al., the song Dancer is just wicked. Hmm. I will give him that. Driven by sweet riffs on a synthesized bass and featuring some of his searing guitar work, this is the sort of thing that would have made Hot Space... Uh, an exciting, but still hopefully singular, foray into soul. But unfortunately, it's kind of an isolated incident. Now, the guy's a genius and an astrophysicist who still rocks like a damn dirty ape to the point of even putting out a number of chunky two-chord heavy guitar tunes that just kind of bash, bash your head in. And there's one attempt at that here, the uh, an anti-gun tune called Put Out the Fire, but it's really kind of forgettable, and you don't have to be old like me to forget it either, so... Uh, the next album, which we'll get to, contained uh, not one but two of these uh, stripped and raw stompers, and they're just great. But this one is decidedly not great. There's another one here called Las Palabras de Amor, The Words of Love. And diehard fans uh, might remember a romantic song with a foreign language subtitle and chorus from several albums prior. And uh, A Day at the Races, Teo Toriate, Let Us Clean Together, is just beautiful. Uh, we were just talking about that not long ago. But uh, so with this particular album, are you saying they went into, they crossed over to a different genre like disco? Is that what you're? Is because yeah, I'm, that was the perception. Yes, should have made that more clear because I was talking about uh, they wanted to repeat the another one bites the dust style by going into a funk disco uh, mode. Uh, not that the whole album is, but that's the perception because there's a lot of it there. Um, but uh, that's a beautiful song. Last Flavor's Day More is really another flop. Uh, 
Now, a good album can carry a few turkey tracks if the rest is solid, but that can't be said of this album, I'm afraid. Uh, John Deacon, who's uh, rather fond of his uh, funky thing, has a couple songs here, and they're nothing really that special. um, There's one called Cool Cat that's a nice, slow, groovy ballad. Roger Taylor gives us a couple of kind of mediocre songs and uh, that would have been better if he sang them, but nobody sings on this damn record except Freddie, and I don't think that's good necessarily. But the real problem here is the disco, the funk, the that whole thing. If it were good, it would be one thing. But the albatross of Hot Space, I hate to say it, incredibly enough, is Freddie Mercury. Cocaine is a hell of a drug, as we've previously noted. Uh, some dudes, it'll make them like, tie chicks up and burn them with knives, like Rick James. Wasn't that his gig? Yeah. But if you're Freddie Mercury, you might write some really crappy songs like the one that opens this album, Staying Power. Now, I was around back in the day, and I'd been a fan for some years, so I was there to grab Hot Space like everybody else when it came out. And I remember hearing a lot of records from back then and not and thinking, remembering how I felt, but I can't, I can't recall this. Perhaps it's that the way we were thing, and it's too painful, and I'm trying to forget it, but... Uh, or maybe the cocaine I was on caused me to enjoy it. I don't know. But in any case, it is pretty shocking to uh, hear, see what I got. I got a hell of a lot. I mean, it sounds like a Gene Simmons kiss song, only with uh, schlockier music. So that was a real uh, stunner. Two of these dreadful dance tunes. But then there's a real ballad, a, a genuine ballad, which purports to be about John Lennon. It's called Life is Real, Song for Lennon. And uh, that's kind of another suck fest, too. I mean, if I couldn't understand the words, it'd be one thing, but they absolutely kill it. It's actually not about John Lennon. It's pretty much Freddie talking about Freddie and regaling us with lines like, guilt stains on my pillow, blood on my terraces, torsos in my closet. Well, first of all, if you've got torsos in your closet, maybe you cut them up on the terraces, and that's where the blood is, and that's why you've got guilt stains on your pillow, because you cut somebody up on your terrace. That could be. Stands to reason. But the lyrics are pretty bizarre. Loneliness is my hiding place. Breastfeeding myself. I really could do without that one. And uh, where does Lennon come in? I know I'm pretty dense, but I don't get it. But after another cringy line, namely, music will be my mistress, loving like a whore, he throws in, Lennon is a genius living in every port. And that's the complete tie-in. So that one should never have seen the light of day, I don't think, either. Now, it's true... At least I remember it that way. It doesn't mean it actually happened, though. But I did say once on the show that if you went into a Queen album with any expectations, you had only yourself to blame. But I would slightly amend that to include you could at least expect it to be really good and nothing much else because they are pretty unfettered and unpredictable. But there's always going to be that one fan in the comments that says, this is my favorite album by this artist, but I have not read one about Hot Space and I don't feel like writing one myself. But it is worth noting that the album also contains the classic collaboration with David Bowie, Under Pressure, though it was recorded separately and before the rest of the album. Anyway, the happy ending is the chilly reception Hot Space received snapped the band out of it, and when they went to the studio to record the next album, Roger Taylor remarked, let's give them the works, and uh, they did indeed, even naming the album The Works. And here we had two choppy Brian May caveman rockers that actually satisfied, one of them being uh, Hammer to Fall, which you know from Live Aid, if you've only seen that. And uh, Roger Taylor penned a huge hit, which you also know, called Radio Gaga. And I don't know why, but I didn't think much of it at the time, but now I just get kind of misty every time I hear it. <laughs> it's, uh, it moves me now. Uh, the uh, love letter to radio with the hopeful but ultimately... 
uh, overly optimistic sentiment that radio had yet to have its finest hour. I can't see that happening, but uh, it's beautiful anyway. And you can say they were trying to repeat a gimmick, but it worked like gangbusters. Freddie Mercury gives us another Elvis-style retro rocker called Man on the Prowl. Totally kicks ass. Uh, John Deacon scored himself another huge hit with one you probably know, I Want to Break Free. So Queen was really back, and they had several amazing albums yet to come, uh, which is why I feel, uh, feel justified a little bit in hitting on Hot Space, because it was just terrible. And they knew it. They realized it after they made it. But uh, I think it's fair to say that just about everyone found this little side trip called Hot Space hard to swallow. And, uh, of course, maybe one day I'll fall face first into a pile of cocaine. Someone accidentally leaves lying around, and a ton of it will go up my nose. And I don't, if I don't have a cardiac, I will enjoy this album once again. But um, probably the last one you ever want to hear by this group. But everything else of theirs you should dig heavily into if you do not know. And considering it belongs in the rarefied atmosphere up there with every other Queen album, Hot Space just ain't quite right. Agreed. From bad albums to great songs, this first artist is called Bloom. But let me share with you that it's BL00M. So it's not Bloom with two O's, it's two zeros. And the song is Lights Out, which is very fitting. And they are from British Columbia. They're pop, punk, and alternative. Well, the lights are going to be out, but... It's going to be a darkness we embrace. Whoa, a city sleeps with open eyes. Whoa, and catch your blessings one more time.
All right. Well, my goodness. Okay. <laughs> Bloom, B L double O M. Or actually, BL double zero M. Double zero. Yeah, yeah, we're so used to saying double O. <laughs> Sorry as in about that. Double O seven, but it isn't. It's double zero. Double zero. Yes, yeah. it's very specific. Some places you can tell they couldn't get away with the zero, so they they used the O's. But everywhere they can, it's O. It's zero zero, not O O. So I gotta respect it, and I have to just say. <laughs> This track is so many things. I mean... Yeah, that's what I thought. I love her vocals. They're powerful, but they're not overdone. There's something about not overdoing it, not over-singing. She cuts through the rich... She cuts through the very rich instrumentation, and I love that. And she gets a bit, like, kind of gravelly, and it's just exactly what I needed when she's getting really loud. Her voice kind of does that gravelly thing. The overlapping vocals in the military style snare really got me. They were very unexpected and super, super strong. I mean, I will tell you, I, I thought this song had movements. I mean, yeah, it really yeah, did. Yeah. It was, there are peaks and valleys worthy of broad airplay. I mean, I feel like this hits on so many genres, not just the two that they have. And I really feel like this is, it's a little prog. It's a little pop. It's a little punk it's a little you know uh alternative it's it's so many things and it was so well done i love her i love the band oh my god i love them yeah i thought it was a really startling blend of uh, as you said the alternative the anguish thing but with to sweeten it up i think it necessarily needs the uh, amazing pop punk hooks that it has too so many and uh you know it's kind of like evanescence meets no doubt and that uh, you mentioned that snare thing, that uh, that military, that percussion thing, that was so kind of anthemic, like U2, like Sunday Bloody Sunday sort of thing. It, it really, uh, it goes, it just confidently goes everywhere. It crosses all kinds of uh, territory. And like I said, though, that's a mix that you don't see very often, and uh, it was uh, super impressive. Yeah, you know, it's interesting because I didn't get Evanescence from her. I got, I, I don't know, I got more... Um I don't even know, it w- because Evanescence is very sing-songy, you know, very, and I don't mean that in a bad way, I love Evanescence, but it's very standard female vocals, you know, um, and I thought this was a little bit different, I don't know, but it's interesting you got Evanescence, I will take another listen. I'm thinking of that one Evanescence song, this is the only one that I really know, that it's really anguishing, she's really yelling and stuff like that, but then we have the great hookiness of this song, too. Hmm. So it's a good combination. I really, really love this band. I love everything they have to offer. I listened to a couple other tracks, and I really liked what I heard. So this is just one because it fit, it fit the theme. But I encourage you to listen to more of Bloom, and you can do that on Facebook at BL00M Band. So this feature is one we haven't done in a while. I'll do it better than Emu. And for this feature, we discuss covers of songs that either rival or are better than the original. And this time we are doing Twist and Shout. The original artist was the Top Notes. Cover artist was the Beatles. Now, originally it was called Shake It Up Baby, which I think is actually a very good title for that song as well. Shake It Up Baby, I would have been down. So Derek Don Martin joined Duke Ellington as a vocalist at the age of 17. So holy crap, what an amazing talent. And Howard Guyton 
was cousin to Dave Baby Cortez, who performed in The Pearls. So these two were destined to be something. So for me, the original is R&B and soul. It feels and sounds completely different. There is a raw and emotional feeling, I really think, in the vocal delivery that is not quite there in the Beatles delivery. The sax solo fills 60s soul rock, and I feel like it's missing from the Beatles. Like if I listen to this song a couple times, the original to really get the feel and it just, the backing vocals also are a wonderful answer to the calls throughout the song. So this, the lead is doing the calls, they're doing the answers and it's just so great. And they also, they being the Beatles, they slowed it down and they made it far more rock and roll, which is fine, but they certainly took liberties with this song and it sounds you know rather dissimilar which is something that you and i both talk about we don't like it when they completely bastardize a song so this is basically the rolling stones ain't too proud to beg all over again i mean really they (laughs) yeah they completely this song is not even close to what it was originally so i'm glad that they paid these people some royalties but they basically wrote a whole new song and i think they probably should have given them something and said, hey, yeah, we kind of use a little bit of your song. But to say it's a cover, I think is inaccurate because it really isn't. And so the call and response in the Beatles version is still there, Mm -hmm. but it's so much simpler. It's less dense. And, you know, I mean, it there's not that sound. The sound is not as big or as huge. It's different. The song breathes a bit more. And it ambles along in comparison to the original. It ambles. It's not driving. The original is very driving and very hard, and I really liked that. The Oz are very clever. I like their Oz that the Beatles do. I really, really like it. Oh. And they make it very dancey and mid-tempo. But they sucked the soul out of the song and replaced it with grit. I miss the soul in the song. When you listen to the original, and many of you probably listening have not even heard the original. If you don't listen to the original, you can't understand the the fundamental differences between the two songs. And really, they took those liberties to a whole other level that I do not appreciate. They completely changed the song, which is something that you always say you hate. It doesn't even sound like the same song. It does not sound like the same song. So I will say, for me, the Beatles did do it better than Emu, but I'm not sure this can be considered a cover. Ah, so it's complete. Uh, it's basically a new product. It's right, a, but that's not how they marketed it, and I don't. No. It, it's not right. So it's basically what they did with money. That's what I want. Sort of the same thing. Beatles did a lot of covers of Motown and everything, and no, they don't sound anything like the uh, the originals. Uh, you really got a hold on me. I mean, they did so many of them, but um, yeah, that uh, I and of course I grew up with Twist and Shout, Beatles, John Lennon. It's all about. Yeah, like you said, the the focus is different. It's about the loud guitars in your face and John Lennon's throat shredding vocal and a lot of bashing drums and everything. It, it is laid back though more, um, so uh, I see what you mean. But so interesting take on that. Not so much a cover as a reinvention, right? Or Which an is adaptation. something you have said you absolutely hate is when artists do that. Did I say that? I say a lot. Of a million that, so. times. Yeah. You've said that. You said, I really hate it. It doesn't sound anything like the original. This is like, you've said that so many times, but now I feel like you're giving the Beatles a pass, which pisses me off because they have completely, if I need to replay the original, I will because it's not even the same. 
Okay, so now we're back after you heard the original, the OG, the uh, go-to, the thing. And uh, what is your verdict? Same as mine, or are you saying, no, they still get a pass for completely changing everything? I think the ones who actually changed it fundamentally were the Isley Brothers, although I thought theirs was the original and the Beatles just did a reasonable facsimile of it. I had not heard this one before. Oh, that, that the original track, by the way, was produced by everyone's favorite murderous mop top, Phil, Phil Spector. Spector. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's great in its own way, but it isn't as, it doesn't have the melody, but it's a great dance tune. It's very fast. It's very, uh, it rocks in an entirely, it's a a different sphere of song than the Beatles version. So uh, I would say they did it better than Emu, but again, I agree with you. It's not the same song at all. It's not. And I don't abide by that. I don't. I don't dig that. I mean, I like the song. I like both songs, but if I have to pick one, I do my research. I spend a lot of time listening to this song again to say, yeah, you sucked the soul out of it. And uh, I think the Isley Brothers did the same. They sucked the soul out of it. They made it all mid-tempo and slower. And yeah, I really, I think sometimes we need to listen to the original. And I'm not sure the Beatles heard the original. And that's pretty sad to me because they're the... They're the, you know, these are the peeps that made it what it is today. You know, they're the ones who inspired it. And again, I think the Isley Brothers took liberties that they probably shouldn't have taken. But, you know, who am I? I know the Beatles had a huge hit with it. And they did it better than Emu because I do think it probably was more popular because it was more palatable to people. Although, to a, a, let's say, a a, uh, more broad audience. Right. But I think... The original is badass. I mean, right down to the singing and the driving and the call and the response. Sucking the life out of it, Beatles. I don't know. It kind of is brutal to me. But you know what? It worked for them, so who am I? And now, yeah, now that I've heard the original, I would say it's It's great. I like their version and the uh, the Soul Suckers versions. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean, absolutely. So, yeah, the Beatles did it better for a broader audience, but I will say... Top notes, you are ass-kicking all the way. Yeah, it was a revelation to me. (laughs) It's fun. All right, so what is up next? Could it be be another amazing artist? I think it is. And it is Charm of Finches. Yes, a Charm of Finches. I love that. I mean, coming from bird people, and uh, I'm only picking up what Christina is, uh, is doing, is digging up as far as the birds. Just knowing that a group of finches is called a charm, that earns you a lot of cred with us. That's right. A lot. Of, you're exactly right. A lot of cred. Exactly. And uh, this song is aptly named Good Night. And they are from Melbourne, Australia. And they call themselves their genre, Haunted Folk. Wait till you feast your ears on this. I watch your motionless picture Hoping one day You watch my restless sleep I call for you to show But I see nothing at all I came home one Wednesday afternoon It was a long day and I'd said goodbye to you Now every piece of me is a Aching for that touch, aching for that love, aching for that heart to beat. Now I 
the comfort of your arms anymore We won't whisper into the night anymore No bubble baths, the waters run dry Too short Good night, good night, good night Forever Three thousand paper cranes we made for you Three good wishes with the hope to get you through And now I wonder, were they ever heard at all? Was it the only thing we could do? Was there even someone to wish to? Now I won't find the comfort of your arms anymore We won't whisper into the night anymore No bubble baths, the waters run dry Too short, good night, good night, good night Forever Pockets of my jeans and the smile on my face. Now I won't find the comfort of your arms anymore. We won't whisper into the night anymore. No bubble baths, the waters run dry. Too short. Good night, good night, good night, forever Good night, good night, good night, forever Good night, good night, good night, forever Okay, well, that was Charm of Finches with a just brutally beautiful song that always makes me teary um this is the second time i've heard it and i started to get teary again definitely haunting that violin the harmonies it's sweet it's sinister somber hopeful and there's something about the words they're saying they're these very straightforward words but they're all about loss and the end and the longing and the pain and the guilt and the regret and this is the final good night. And this is, you know, something that is coming for everybody, right? The final good night is coming. And there is just, you know, you start thinking about the people that you love. You start thinking about the fact that, you know, you're getting older, right? I always say this is the oldest I've ever been. And this song just, just broke me down. I just think it's so beautiful. Their vocals are beautiful. The simplicity of the words, the fact that they keep saying goodbye. I mean, good night. I'm sorry I keep saying goodbye because it's a goodbye song, but it's so beautiful. And uh, I can't say enough about this band. I can't wait to hear more by them. Yeah, and the way uh, the way they've described their music, Haunted Folk, 
is just that's a perfect name for it. That's a perfect uh, description. There have been songs by other acts that really have deserved to be called that. that I just couldn't think of the term. You know, I couldn't think of a handle like that. It is, as you said, totally. It's just it's haunting. Um, I don't, and I don't know the makeup of this group because I'm just hearing this for the first time. I don't know if there's a dual vocal or if it's one singer who's doing a harmony. It's two. It sounds. It sounds like. But you know, it's like you're listening to it, and it's like there's mist rolling by, and uh, it's like one of those Celtic woman, Lord of the Dance type things. It just takes you into that kind of uh, area, that kind of uh, time, uh, out of out of away from everything uh, contemporary, and uh, just haunted folk. It's perfect. It, it's the sweetest melancholia. It is so. Uh, it leaves you at the end just hushed, you know, and really moved. And uh, beautiful, powerful song and uh, hell of an impression it makes on you. Uh, Charm of Finches, uh, it isn't just your knowledge of uh, bird groups, but your um, immense talent that uh, has earned you a lot of credit here. Absolutely. So you can find Charm of Finches on Facebook at Charm of Finches Band. Oh, please, please up the ante because I'm all emotional over here and and I just I mean, I like to be this way, but I need to kind of get myself back up and going after that just beautiful song. Reclemption is setting in, apparently. Uh, This is uh, kind of a reclemption situation here. And as you intimated, this feature is called Upping the Annie. And for this feature, we discuss how style has impacted the selected artist or band positively or negatively. Does their style up the ante? And there's your bird for the day. Uh, Well, uh, this time, we're going to be talking about Mr. Style himself, the ultimate rock and roll fashion plate, David Bowie. Oh, my. Known from the earliest days for eccentric and provocative makeup, hairstyles, costumes, music, and more, in a career spanning 26 studio albums beginning in 1967 and right up to his death in 2016. There have been many, many reinventions. I think it's fair to say David Bowie invented reinvention. Uh, He was sort of the pioneer, uh, not to mention being a pioneer of music videos uh, before MTV was even a thought. But uh, did all this morphing... (laughs) Morphing, it says, did all this morphine. No, morphing and shape-shifting modify expectations? Uh, did it up the ante or even lower it? Well, David Bowie fans tend to be unusually resilient and loyal as his extraordinary and unparalleled genius warrants. Because he has cred. Because he has mega cred. Mega cred. Buku cred. Absolutely. But there were a few times when expectations were dashed, and one instance was when the touring extravaganza for the magnificent glam rock concept album Diamond Dogs, which I put you into a coma carrying on about on an earlier show, (laughs) suddenly turned without warning into 1974's The Soul Tour, showcasing songs from the follow-up album Young Americans. And this has to be one of the most dramatic pivots in music history, worthy of a hard to swallow almost, were I not talking about it now. Uh, Turning on a dime from the glittery but haunting nightmare stroll through Hunger City under the watchful eyes of Big Brother on uh, Diamond Dogs uh, to Young Americans, a really amazing collection of blue-eyed soul and mild funk. This could be a case of rock and roll suicide. Oh, no, he did not say that. Uh, Career-wise, but uh, he knew exactly what he was doing because even though I was a stupid teenager at the time, if you'll pardon the redundancy, I loved it, too. And, I mean, half of Young Americans is make-out music. Not that I ever enjoyed it in that way. But uh, some of the most beautiful stuff you'll ever hear, songs like Win and 
Can You Hear Me, and so forth. Gone were the production numbers and eye candy visuals of the past. And for a few years, all you got when you went to see Bowie, as I did in 78, was a band, a bare stage, and white lights. You'd experience much flashier lighting at any rock and roll bar than you would do at any grand venue like Madison Square Garden or any such during those tours. But since the band was awesome and what they were playing on that bare stage under those white lights was David Bowie music with the thin white Duke himself sliding and strutting onto the best concerts I ever saw roster of anyone in attendance. In the years to come, his output would veer between top 40 radio hits and Kind of head-scratching, undefinable avant-garde deep cuts, but I never heard a Bowie fan once say, I'm done with him. Uh, On one notable tour, he did bring back the spectacle in a big way, to his regret. The legendary Glass Spider show with none other than Mr. Peter Frampton on guitar. And a Tony Basil choreographed, that uh, Tony Basil of Mickey fame choreographed. This tour was described as the biggest touring set ever. Designed to look like a giant spider, 60 feet high, 64 feet wide. Giant vacuum tube legs that were uh, lit from the inside with uh, 20,000 color-changing lights. I mean, this was the exact opposite direction. Single set took 43 trucks to move and weighed 360 tons. And it just about drove Bowie out of his mind having to deal with uh, such a production. So probably never wanted to go back to that again and did not need to as... His uh, ongoing success proved. I'm sure he wishes he'd just saved the money and the headaches and just gone out and done the show and knowing they would come as they did, and he did, all the way up until 2004's reality tour when he suffered a heart attack on stage in Prague and virtually disappeared from the music scene for almost 10 years. Never forgetting nor forgotten, though, he delighted fans by returning in 2013 with a surprisingly conventional rock album called The Next Day. Well, surprisingly conventionable as conventionable as Bowie albums go. Uh, a mere three years later, however, the artist who was both Earthling and Starman assumed his last guise. Battling the liver cancer that would ultimately take his life, David Bowie took a hard right 180-degree turn, releasing his swan song album, Black Star. Wildly experimental, world jazz, ethereal, it's really quite hard to define it. But uh, that's uh, often been the case, though. It's certainly a stunning and satisfying record and a bittersweet farewell, coinciding with his 69th birthday, which he would only live two days beyond. Uh, for 49 years, though, he kept us guessing, dancing, wondering, and always wanting more. And I can't think of another artist who was more insulated from expectations generated by his own intentional changes in style and presentation It was just knowing who David Bowie was and what he was capable of doing that would really keep upping the ante. So in his case, definitely not an impediment, but uh, uh, he he transcended all of that. Agreed. Undefinable, incredible, timeless legend. Absolutely. And even though, you know, even through the the times where, you know, he will tell you he was intentionally poppy or intentionally mainstream, it was still a stroke of of uh, genius. So I just think he really could do no wrong. Experimental, conventional, soul, rock, I'm in. So, yeah, I definitely think he always upped the ante with his style, not only stylistically, musically, but style, what he wore, how he presented himself. And he was really every man's man because even his sexuality, you know, spoke to different people. I mean, he was just, he was, to me, kind of... <laughs> 
part alien, part human, just amazing. So I'm sad that he's not here anymore. Um, the world's a different place without him here, but at least we have the music. Pound for pound, the uh, most talented individual in uh, rock ever, I believe. So. so we are going now to another band. This band is called Avenues, and their song, I Know This Is Gonna Get You, Lights Out. They are from L.A. They're here in our backyard. They are throwback pop punk. So we have a little punk uh, here going on today, and it's a, a good time. So let's take a listen to Avenues. That kind of hit you over the head the second it started, didn't it? Yeah, I actually <laughs> jumped because it, it started so abruptly with this uh, slam bang, fist shaking energy. I, I, I jumped out of my seat. You know? And it also ends the same way, which is amazing. Like it starts with a bang and it ends with a bang, and you're like, oh! you know, both coming and going. That guitar, yeah. I love it. It adds like this harshness that perfectly complements the spirited and driving drums, which are brilliant. And, you know, a lot of people will say, well, you know, punk musicians, uh, their talent is so-so. I disagree. This band is on point. They are, the vocals are, you know, classic punk. Um, and it's truly also a bit of pop perfection here, a la Green Day. I mean, it's short, sweet, and is ass-kicking. I'm all about this song. The second I heard it, it grabbed me. And it's short. 
And so it kind of leaves you wanting more. And I love that about this song. That's right. It barrels past you like a runaway train. And it's like your coat gets caught in it and it drags you along. And it's like I, I really was like, uh, it's like you're frozen because it is moving so fast. And like the best punk, though. It eases back the throttle for this, for kind of a little melodic uh-huh. break. There's a little, little moment, bit of breathing there. Which was nice. And then it just roars up again and drags you straight into a brick wall with this, as you said, the ending is a bam, just like that. It's full of youthful, motivational passion. Uh, I mean, it's just like it's on fire in every imaginable way. And uh, it was a great, great tune. Okay, back to doing a feature that uh, everybody loves, we believe. This is Hummingbirds, and we do this every other show. And for this feature, we hum songs and see if the other person can guess the song in a head-to-head battle. So this time you go first, and we will see how horribly evil you continue to be to me. Yeah, you know, Hummingbirds is, uh, well, it presents its own unique challenges, as does various songbirds. Um, this one, uh, we can do the cor- we can do the choruses, we can do the titles, we can do anything because we're just making uh, inarticulate noises. So, I'll start with one that I think everybody who's ever been near a radio in the civilized world knows quite well. La 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 la. I know it sounds like Dylan, but it's not. La 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 la. La, 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 la. Uh-oh, uh-oh. Ooh. No idea. It sounds like Bob Dylan to me all day long. I know. I'm so sorry. Um, la, 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 Oh, shit. Um, mm. La, 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 la. That part's actually better. La, 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 la. Wait, la 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 la. Get you. I, I'll give you a couple of words. So. No, it's okay. Right. Go ahead. Get you on your feet again. Relax. We need some information first. Yes, it's like Dylan Just all day long. Just the basic facts. Can you show me where it hurts? Uh oh. I have become comfortably, comfortably numb. numb. Yeah, I'm I thought it was so Pink Floyd as soon as you started to sing it, but I don't know. It just sounded Dylan-y to oh, me. Oh, it does because of the. I was like, I'm like, oh. na, 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 na. sorry about that. That's I really. All right. I mean, I know the song. I mean, it's, yeah, it's, I mean, it's only on the radio every probably like right now. I love you, that song. Yeah. Sorry. All right, okay, fair enough. What do we got? Well, um, <clears throat> apparently I give lower hanging fruit but um uh la 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 I can't did we I wonder if we did this we've done this band before it has to be listen to your heart by Roxette oh of course we've done this band before I love but I wonder if we've done that song before no I don't think we had no I did the look you got to bring that up if we maybe did it again no we didn't we didn't we didn't we did the look yeah, I thought I so, too. I did the look, yeah. Yeah, uh, Walking Like a Man, Hitting Like a Hammer, yeah. It was it was uh, various songbirds with the look. Tasty Like a Raindrop, yeah, it was. <laughs> that's what it was. All right, oh, this is going to be another, uh, as the British would say, balls up. Okay, let's see. <clears throat> la, 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 la,
Okay, well, till you did that, I had no idea. So it's James Brown, I feel good, but I had no idea till you did the well, which you know. I didn't give you the words, did I? So that's that's fair. Huh. It's one for you. Chalk one up to your uh, column there. Yeah, but you kind of gave me more than the la la, so. I had, to do, uh, I had to do the horns, you know. Um, okay. Um, la, 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 No? La, 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 No? It's good to be stumped. La, la, la. La, 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 la. No, you're not going to get it from that if you didn't get it from the chorus. It's good. I'm glad to be stumped uh, once in a while because I start to feel bad knowing them because you, because you give me such good ones. I, I'm going to kick myself, but what is it? Shock the monkey. Oh, do it again. La, 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 la. Oh, yeah, I never would have gotten that one. The lyric I would have gotten, but you don't the, know "Shock the Monkey." No, of course I do. Of course I do. It just the the melody. I don't know. I just couldn't get it from the melody. I mean, if you played the backing track, I would know it immediately. If you did a lyric from it, I'd probably know it immediately too. But I uh, the melody on its own, I was just I couldn't grab it out of thin air, out of the uh, hmm. the. the ethers of all the music I've ever heard. All right. All right. Fair well, enough. hopefully this will be a little more uh, fair uh, for you. Um, I don't think fairness is your bag. I, I, I do. I strive for mm. it. I strive mm. for it. <laughs> la, 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 la. La, 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 la. La 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 la. Uh oh. I don't know what that is. La 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 I'm sorry. Oh, natural woman. There Mary you Tha. go. Yeah, but you have to do like half the song. I don't understand why I'm not getting it. I mean, I know that song with the back of my hand. That's another one for you. Okay, mm. lay it on me. Hmm. Um. La 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 la. La 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 la. Oh, uh. la, 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 la. <laughs> I was getting worried la, there for a second. La, la, la. Yeah. True colors. True colors. Cindy Lauper. Oh, I was, I was getting worried there for a second. All right. Yeah, don't give you really hard ones. I mean, I give you Peter Gabriel. I mean, that's not hard. I, 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 I'm sh- shocked. I like the monkey that mm, I couldn't get that like one. Like the monkey. Uh, just like the monkey, yeah. All right, how about this one? I'm changing this one at the last minute because to make it even more accessible. <laughs> Don't dumb it down for me, no, man. No, it's not dumbed down. La, 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 la,
Okay, I gotta go to the verse. La 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 no idea what that could possibly be. La 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 I don't know what song goes. La 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 just that we'll just focus on that one part. La 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 la. It sounds vaguely familiar, but with all the other stuff I don't have la, any la, idea. La, 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 la. Uh-oh. It's alright. I'll admit defeat. I'm used to it by now. Uh, I'll give you a hint. High fidelity. That's no, okay. <laughs> It's gonna be okay. <laughs> it's not gonna be okay. I have no cred. It's okay. I'm sorry you've lost so much cred in this. Um, yeah. Ooh, baby, I love you way. That was Peter Frampton? Yeah. I was going, la, 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 I was doing it every day. La, 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 See if you did the, la, 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 la. I did that, I did that part once, but I maybe didn't in. Do the intonation as well as you do, but oh, maybe that's what it was because I was like, some of it sounded familiar, but then I couldn't get it. All right, all right. We'll see it's a, if it's you. It's a tough. It's a tough game. It is. Let's see if you get this one. Um. La 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 chorus la 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 <laughs> what the that's not real la 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 okay i have concluded that that's a real song that you didn't just make that up right now uh that, I did, like, that the much the whole first yeah. verse and the chorus la, 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 la. i know it uh, la, curses la, la, la. foiled again. Uh, just tell me and put me out of my misery. Oh, it's Kaja Gugu with Too Shy. Oh, oh, I would not. I I might have been able to pull up the Kaja Gugu uh, once I figured out Too Shy Shy. Uh, yeah, yeah uh, I would have gotten the name, even though I, I. It's the only thing I've ever heard by them. I think. I think it's the only thing everyone's ever heard yeah. by them. But, but it's a uh, wildly popular oh, song. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's a great song. Everybody I was, knows I was that singing song. it a few days ago for some inexplicable reason. I did. I started with the la, 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 la. So you could hopefully pick up on it from the verse because the chorus was too easy to me. Just going right into two, shy to shy. Seemed too easy. I, I heard it. I heard you do it. And it was like, no, what is that? I know that. Uh, <laughs> I know Kaja that. Kaja Gugu, two, shy, shy. Damn it. Okay. Well, uh, I don't. I don't didn't keep score there but it seemed you a little got more even. two and you got two right and two wrong which is strange no you got three right and and two wrong no you got two right two wrong sorry yeah yeah that's what i thought and you got uh which is very strange what'd you get i don't know oh uh i figure i just lost all of them oh i think i got one right that's a fair assumption no i actually it is see. a fair assumption when no, you got you're uh, doing you got it. you got you got, you got james and aretha you got jb and aretha king and queen of soul that's well. No, the that's Godfather true. of Soul and the Queen of Soul. 
Godfather and the Queen. It hey, was, uh, too shabby. It was the Peter Frampton and Pink Floyd you didn't get. Yeah. PF and PF. Yeah. Hmm. Which is surprising because I know both of those very well. Yeah. But, you know. All right. Well, for my defeat again, yet again, uh, I know we're even this time, but I always I feel like I did worse, and that's okay. But now we're going to go to, uh, I which I can only assume is Eliani with Moonlight. And Eliani is from Perth, Australia. And she describes herself as R&B, soul, indie pop, and pop. Are you ready for this amazing mashup of styles? Let's go down under. Hell yeah. Killing time by staring at the clocks. Wishing I had the power to make time stop. Compatible understatement. Loving you, I kinda hate it. Nowhere to go to escape it. But still, you are the only one I see Lying in your arms, falling asleep under the stars that We smile about the lives we'll live together someday Moonlit skies through starry eyes No more disguising who we want to be That was Iliani with Moonlight. Now, one thing that none of you know about her yet is that she's 14, and she wrote that song. What? She's incredible. I I cannot say enough about her. I mean, such a mature vocalist for a 14-year-old. She wrote that song. She arranged that song. Those are her beautiful vocals. I've... This pure soulful i mean those runs the melody the harmonies i mean she's brilliant i just i can't get enough of her voice 14 years old to write something like that to sound like that i wish i could sound like that now and i am definitely not 14 
Um, she's just incredible. The whole thing. I love it. And uh, she's not on Facebook. She's probably not old enough to be on Facebook. She's not on Instagram. She's only on Bandcamp. Wow. And I feel so fortunate because I looked up the word moonlight that I came upon her. I just think she's an incredible talent. I cannot believe she's not on the radio. I think she will be. Um, but when you see her, she looks like a little girl. She's a little kid. It's amazing. And uh, just I could not believe I'm looking at her picture and then hearing this voice, and I was just blown away. No, I never would have guessed that was a kid because that's the way, you know, 30-year-old women sing today or, or, or try to. I mean, it's very, it is very mature, as you said. And the song was so uh, it's just it's so sweet. It's you know needy and vulnerable, but it's hopeful too. It's just it's just it captures love so well. I'm really surprised to find that it's from somebody so young. It has a real cool uh, kind of a music hall feel to it, and it uh, it's a little torchy, a little jazzy. It's uh, it was just beautiful and stirring, and uh, just made you feel uh, just give you an affection for the uh, the narrator. And I'm super impressed to find out that uh, this is uh, a, a young person really starting out with a massive talent, obviously, to write a song like this. So uh, congratulations to Eliani, I believe it is. And uh, thank you for uh, helping us to have a good day. Mm. She's cringing over here. It's like I did that just to make you cringe because it's, I, uh, it's 2 o'clock in the morning, okay? We have, to, we have to keep each other awake. I really like the fact that she is R&B and soul and indie pop. This is the way R&B and soul should sound to me mixed with pop. I think this is the kind of stuff I'd rather hear on the radio than a lot of stuff that's out there. And I have no doubt she'll be on the radio eventually. So you can find her on Bandcamp at Iliani, which is E-L-I-A-N-I-E dot Bandcamp dot com. And that brings us inexorably to the results. Hell yes or hell no. For this feature, we consider bands determined if we are in for them or out away. Uh, we ask you also to weigh in. We want to know your opinions and what you think. And this time, the last time, the interrogative we pitched in your direction was Pat Benatar, somebody who we all know very well and not, well, I guess I'm not surprised that there, 100% of the respondents said, hell yes, for Pat. Are you kidding? And zero. There were no no cannibalistic humanoid underground dwellers who dared to open their filthy sewer holes and say a word again, Pat. Everybody said uh, yes, and nobody said no. And I would certainly have to agree. What do you think? No, I love her. No. I just, I, I we had tons of people who wanted to weigh in on this. Um, and they did want to sound off in the comments and say how much they love her. Um, there was one person who said they love her. They just wish she wouldn't have done the quote, love is a battlefield, you know, love is a battlefield era. And, you know, again, we said that whole thing. Everyone is going to hate some era of an artist. Get over it. If even if you didn't like the 80s era, Pat Benatar, first of all, how could you not? But if you don't, there's plenty of other Pat for you to love. And you need to check yourself before you wreck yourself because she's brilliant. But even they could not say that she wasn't great. They just said, I'm not sure about that love is a battlefield thing. And, you know, I'm not saying it's her best work, but I'm not saying it's something I can't sing along to either. I think the problem with love is a battlefield is, I, is that millions of people are, are subconsciously and completely uh, unaware of the fact that they are scarred by seeing the video for that song. It's kind of hard to... Uh, it, it colors everything about it. I mean, it's uh, it's a ridiculous video, but the song is actually nice. I like that uh, that period of time better than, like, say, Hearts, for example. 
Love is a Battlefield, We Belong. I mean, that's good stuff. To me, that's really good stuff. And yeah, I, I, I thought it was great. Yeah. It's a it's a stupid video, but there's a million stupid videos out there. So 80s videos. You what do you want? You can't discount her for having a stupid video when everybody had a stupid video. It, it and was, still does. It was a requirement in the 80s, stupid videos. Weird, weird dance sequence, weird outfit, weird premise, the whole thing. Very strange. But you know what? Uh, then we wouldn't have any artists that we like if we discounted them for a stupid video or stupid outfitter. They've all made them. <laughs> so, yeah, not surprised at all. And she was one of my very first, uh, obviously, Ann Wilson and Pat Benatar, two of my very top women that I listened to when I was really young. And, you know, really, I guess how I honed my voice is listening to those kind of singers. And, of course, there's a host of others, but those were two of the main ones. So... Love her. Glad everybody else loved her. And, uh, you know, there's always haters, so I'm glad there wasn't any haters in this case. Or if they did, they were quiet. That's right. I think the love for Pat this time was like a tidal wave. All right. Well, there you have it. Okay, so the last band that we are going to listen to is called Daddy Lap, which is a very interesting name. I have questions, but I'm going to let that go because they're not here. Uh, And the song's name, I Know This Is Crazy, is Lights Out. And they're from Jersey City, and they are funk, metal, classic, and psychedelic rock. Holy shit. That is promising.
right, Daddy Lap with Lights Out. Well, <laughs> guitar and drums, yes. The bass line, yes. The chorus is a little punky, and why not? I love it. Lights Out. She just, ugh, it's kind of balls out there. The male backing vocals, I love because they could have just had her harmonize with herself, and I love that they didn't do that. It's just, it's different. And the musical break in the middle gave the song enough space to breathe but then she came back in with that driving lights out and I really liked it and you know this is I don't know how to describe her voice it's uh there's not there's no vibrato there there's none of that it is it is like a I don't know it's kind of like a straightforward yeah kind of just in your face it's a little punky to me which I like I think it works for this particular song even though they don't describe themselves as punk they say funk metal classic psychedelic and I would add punk to that I would too yeah that's exactly what I was thinking it's it certainly has a metal edge uh it's a little bit funky but more punky I thought uh really classic pop punk and as you said the the vocal is so elemental and so unadorned it reminds me of like Susie Quattro kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, with the well shouting said. choruses and everything. Uh, it and it had its little proggy twists every now and mm-hmm. every here and there too. Yeah, uh, super catchy. And it's the psychedelic part. They're calling it psychedelic, but I would call that slash prog. Yeah, yeah, it's like it's like that, and it was extremely catchy and uh, adventurous in that it didn't seem to. I don't know. It, it ran its own way. It didn't have. Uh, it didn't fit any particular formula. And it was just one of those things that uh, out of the box kind of, uh, it was inventive. And I really, really loved it. It was super, a hell of a lot of fun to listen to, too. Hell yeah. And so, you know, I tried to find them on Facebook and on Instagram, and I was not able. But you can find them and buy this track and anything else they have at Daddy Lap. That's D-A-D-D-Y-L-A-P dot Bandcamp dot com. And, uh, yeah, this one hit me over the head, and I'm sure they have a... Uh, whole litany of others who would that would do just the same so well that brings us to the end of our artists for this particular show but let's talk about what we're looking for next time well it's interesting because as far as the new theme goes we're actually not going to have a theme we have so many off theme submissions that we simply have to halt our themes to listen to them i have so many that i need to go back and listen to And if I can group them into themes, I will. If I can't, then I'm simply going to be presenting some of the off-theme songs. I don't know how long it will take, but I'd like to get through a fair amount of them because they are amazing. And thank you so much for your submissions. Please keep them coming. Anything new, tell your friends that are in bands. Tell other people that we are looking for submissions at bothonair at gmail.com at any time. Yes, we asked for on theme submissions but obviously we also submit oh submit we also receive and are happy to receive off theme submissions and we will get to them but we have to exhaust our themes first so we have done so for the time being and we will be enjoying some off theme submissions i don't know about you but i'm really freaking excited about this they're just off theme but then that kind of becomes a theme in itself actually we're just going to let you uh steer the ship with your wonderful submissions and thank you for that so look forward to the off theme submission shows <clears throat> and on this chilly california night what does a puppy need more than to be wrapped up in a neat little blanket as we will do with the show coming up next winging it enjoy this uh, short brief show that covers uh, one topic no music no features just 
mainstream music chat, opinions, and uproarious laughter. We offer you entertainment every week. Uh, and subscribe to our feed is where you can find it at both on air. That's B O A F, as in birds of a feather, on air.podbean.com. And subscribe or listen on your favorite platform. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at both on air, all over the place. Both on air, B O A F, on air. And we want to grow our flock and we need your help. So please share us on your Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, etc. feeds. And show uh, your boys a little bit of love. That's all we ask of you. And, uh, well, I guess that uh, only leaves for you to say. Let's get the flock out of here. This has been Birds of a Feather on What the Flock Radio.